Potheads gonna come up with next. Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week. When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is, Mutiny Radio.fm listener. Oh, it's time to talk about the universe and what people believe in on Some Call Me Tim. Today on Some Call Me Tim, I am, we're having a phone conversation from Portland with comedian and producer Shannon Hunt. Yay! Hi! You're on. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, great. Awesome. Let me turn this trippy music out. All right. (laughs) Shannon Hunt, and I know you from Portland, an amazing place with such great comedy. Yes. We have a lot of great comedy. Yeah, man. I miss Portland so much. Your scene, I'm just so enamored by how supportive people are, how many shows there are, how well attended they are. Like, it seems that audiences in Portland actually like comedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They love comedy. They're so supportive. Um, We have a lot of different types of comedy shows that people, like a lot of really just strange and unusual concept shows that people are just on board for, uh, as well as, you know, straight stand-up. People love that, too. Um, there's just a lot of creativity here, and people, the audiences are just all ready for it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so jealous. And it's so beautiful, and global warming only affects your area positively, and all that amazing <laughs> stuff. And we'll yeah. get into it more later after we talk about religion and the whatnot, but you're one of the... Um, founders and producers of the Ha Ha Harvest Festival coming up in uh, over Thanksgiving. Yes, uh, it's uh, Thanksgiving weekend, so it starts on this year. It will be um, November 29th through December 1st. It's our second year. We threw the festival together last year in about three weeks, and it was like a pop-up. Three weeks? Sort of, yeah. <laughs> it just sort of fell in our laps. It was... I work at a venue, and the owner of the venue asked me if I wanted to put on a couple comedy shows that weekend because they usually don't get a good turnout. And so I said, hey, can I put on six? And he said, yeah. So then I asked my friend uh, and producer, co-producer, Chris Hodomy, who I run an open mic with that we've ran for five years. And he helped me, and we did it. And we sold out uh, four of the six shows, and the other two were really well attended. So we decided to do it a second year, and we're growing. It's going to be uh, three days instead of two days and about 15 shows, and we've, we're in talks with some great headliners, and we're taking submissions now, and it's going to be so much fun. It's all walkable in downtown Portland, and it's going to start feeling really – the holidays are going to be taking you know, effect in – the downtown area it's going to be really pretty and fun and hopefully not too cold and rainy but it could be it doesn't matter if it's cold and rainy because your hearts are so big and warm and I, and I love like I'm a, I'm applying I'm actually 
working on my video right now because I haven't had a, I haven't had a new video. I've been doing comedy for eight years and my, my videos are like from my second year of comedy. So it's not really representational of what I do, I guess. Maybe it is a little bit, but not, they're just not. It's anyway. So I just taped myself at one of my open mics and I forced comedians to be there. It's terrible. They, they're just not laughing enough, but it doesn't matter because the sound is good and the video is good and I feel fine about it. And it just showcases my jokes. I, and I, I'm not too worried about like that the audience isn't like laughing super hard because they're comics. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish I could get one with like, that was a thing every time I was in Portland, I was like, I should be taping this set. <laughs> oh yeah. Set. I know you were great. I know the show that we were on at the Funhouse lounge, you were amazing oh, and it was you. so fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, I love Portland. I, I thought it was great. <laughs> well, so this show is is called Some Call Me Tim, and it's about specific like religion and religious beliefs. And I put a call out to the Northwest, and people were excited to do it. So I usually start by, if you were here, I'd have you look into this. I have a picture. Uh, it's a large, a large portrait of Jesus Christ uh, done in sparkles and glitter. Oh. He's a he's a very white surfer looking, green eyed Jesus. And so you Ooh, look deep. I love me a green eyed Jesus. He is, a, he is very not, um, well, he's not Aramaic. Uh, but so look <laughs> yeah. deep into his eyes in your mind and I ask, do you believe in Jesus? So I have to answer if I believe in Jesus? Yeah. Do you believe in Jesus? In whatever, whatever uh, that means to you. Oh, gosh. So on, it, it, it changes. It changes. I, you know, I believe in the concept of Jesus. I believe in, um, I do. You know what? I do. I do believe in Jesus. I just don't believe that it, Jesus was what everybody says Jesus was. So there was a guy who existed and his name was Jesus. I think that there was a guy that existed that took a lot of the characteristics and traits that Jesus supposedly had may or may not have been named Jesus, but was, or could have been several guys or mm. people. And, uh, because, you know, things get lost in translation and also in time that there, uh, it, it could be the idea had to come from somewhere. And generally when I hear things or rumors or, you know, things from history, there was a concept there there was something there right that sparked the idea so i think that there was somebody that was trying to teach good things or maybe not but i think that there was some sort of jesus that did exist yeah were you raised in a religious type of group uh, were okay, you so, was there any particular religion that you were accustomed yeah. to as a child my um so my both of my parents, my mom was raised extremely Catholic. She went to Catholic school, uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. Like, uh, the teachers were nuns. Oof. Uh, it was called Our Lady of Lords. My grandpa and her mother, uh, my grandmother, who I didn't meet, who died when my mom was 11, um, they were super Catholic, probably several generations back. Uh, my dad's side was Catholic. My dad was a was an altar boy. Oof. Um, went to Catholic, uh, church as well. And 
So I grew up with my mom's side being super Catholic, but my mom had kind of rebelled as a teenager, and she was a teen mom. Okay. (laughs) And so she didn't really raise me in the Catholic religion, but she raised me with a lot of uh, Catholic values and, and ideals, and then so did my grandpa, who, you know, we would go to his house for all the holidays, and I went to a lot of um, church functions and stuff with him. He gave a lot of money to the Catholic Church. Mm. Well, she decided uh, to have mom, your mom decided to have a baby when she was a teenager. That's a very Catholic thing to do. She got out of wedlock when she was a teenager, and my grandfather was not too happy about that. Yeah, but um, it ended up. I mean, it ended up working out. Yay! <laughs> my mom. Um, my mom really didn't like the Catholic Church, but it had been, she, I mean, she was adopted, and she was adopted through a Catholic organization. Wow. Like, there was, it's just very, even her birth parents were Catholic. Wow. And she ended up finding them. Well, the mom, her, my grandmother wasn't, she passed away before my mom was even one. So she never ended up meeting her. But then my mom, re, my mom got married because she never married my dad. Oh, wow, <laughs> and, cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so my mom remarried someone who came from a Jehovah's Witness family. Whoa. Yeah, when I was six years old. So Whoa. I grew up with a Jehovah's Witness stepdad and his entire family who took me in and basically treated me as, you know, their niece and granddaughter and just like I was anybody, you know. But you didn't get birthdays. Did. Don't Jehovah's Witnesses not do birthdays? No birthdays. We got surprise day. Surprise this day. This was one day a year. All the kids got together and we got gifts um, from the grandparents, which were usually uh, Bible type things. <laughs> and it was it wasn't it wasn't exciting. There was no cake. There were no balloons. It was just Bibles a and day socks to get together. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I was. I had to go to Bible. So my mom's. My mom worked a lot, and my stepdad's sister took care of me after school. She babysat me. She had Bible study once a week. And she would have, Joe's Witness, they would have to go. They went door to door, and they brought me with them a few times. Oh, man. Uh, it was it was strange and confusing, and I read a lot. I read The Watchtower because I was, I was a voracious reader. I would read anything. So they gave me a lot of books to read. I read a lot of books that were um, written by the Jehovah's Witnesses. And I remember reading one that was like questions young people ask when I was about 11, 12. They gave me, and it had a lot of things that like you as a teenager uh, would ask. Like one thing was like, is it okay to masturbate? And it was like, hell no. (gasps) Uh, Really? And so I was very Jehovah's Witnesses, no masturbation. No, no masturbation. um, No saluting the flag. Is anything Uh, fun with Jehovah's Witnesses? No birthday parties. No, no birthday party. No Christmas. No Christmas. Um, we did. They didn't like. They didn't celebrate anniversaries either. Marriage. Uh, so weddings. No. You don't. Why? Why get married if you're not going to celebrate? You the... do get married, but then you just don't celebrate the anniversaries. Because um, celebration is bad. Family. I'm not sure. What is it about celebration that makes it bad? Yeah. See, I don't remember. I I don't remember exactly why there was no celebrations um because i i would so say research, even uh, well, we celebrated so my mom and my stepdad my stepdad decided to convert to what my mom was which was basically nothing okay so we had christmas at my own house 
So the thing was, is on Christmas, we would do our Christmas day, and then we would go over to my stepdad's family because they always had the day off, so they would have a dinner, but there would I could not tell them about the presents I got. Whoa. I couldn't talk to my cousins about Christmas. I had to, like, hide that side. Whoa. So it was like I was living, like, a, like a double life. Sure. <laughs> Where I had to keep it a secret from my one side of my family that I was, I mean, they knew we celebrated. I just wasn't. Well, it's in its it. celebration is like, what's wrong with celebration? I would, I would argue that even masturbation is celebration because it's self celebration. It's like, I'm me. I'm alive. I make myself feel good. It's a celebration. And yeah, and the thing is, is they were telling me before I even had, uh, before I even had the curiosity to masturbate, they were like trying to tell me that not to do it before I had even realized it was a thing I could do. Wow. So it was like, they were like, it was, it was a little bit odd. And so then I had some like mixed feelings about it for a while in my youth. Yeah. Uh, because I, I thought it was, I believed, I, I believed what they told me. Uh, they brought me to Kingdom Hall a lot, and what Kingdom I, Hall know, is is like the church. Kingdom Hall, the, yeah, is their church. It's called Kingdom Hall. Um, I would, you know, like most kids, tune out really to a lot of it. But I did. I the, the things that I read. Uh, I read a book about Jesus. It was called The Greatest Man Who Ever Lived. Yeah, and uh, it was an interesting story. <laughs> um, and their Bible, they you know, they believe that a certain amount of people go to to paradise, and then some people go to heaven. So there's like paradise, which is like where man, all men live together in harmony with animals. Is, and, but paradise isn't heaven. Heaven is different. Is paradise better than yes. heaven, or is paradise paradise is better than heaven? Wow. Because you like live there forever in harmony with everybody, and you get to meet everybody that made it to paradise. And it's all like the, you know, the most wonderful people in the world. Like you want to go to paradise. That's like where you are going to go. And like the fuck heaven. Paradise is where it's at. Apocalypse happens. Yeah. Oh, so um, this is funny that because I've really just kind of repressed a lot of this. Wow. Cool. (laughs) It's all kind of coming up now. Um, yeah, I remember my grandma would read the Bible, the children's Bible to me when I was really little and tell me about paradise a lot. That was like, that's a really big thing with wow. that is going to paradise. Yeah. And it's, but it's not heaven. That's the thing. It's hard for me to wrap my brain around that there's some, cause I was going to say, do you believe in an afterlife? And it's not only if you're a Jehovah's witness, it's not only do you believe in an afterlife? Of course you do, but it's that it's striated in some way that there's like, yeah, it, I mean, basically I feel like paradise was like an afterlife. Yeah. And I think that. Uh, the the afterlife of paradise that you live in forever, you're in like a place with like mountains and streams and waterfalls. Like there was illustrations in my children's Bible of paradise. Yeah. So like that was what, and then there was a picture of a man petting a tiger. Oh, cool. Like that was what they were trying to convey was like, that's what your life's going to be like. Petting tigers. Oh my God. It sounds like the best Instagram story ever. (laughs) I'm petting tigers. I love it. You're petting tigers. Like all wild animals are tame and everybody's in harmony and everybody loves one another. And I think in the picture, there were like pictures of people from different nationalities. Oh, that's nice. All getting along. Yeah, that's great. 
Yeah, um, it was like a college brochure, but like also there's a zoo there. I don't. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. What do Jehovah's Witnesses think about women? Is there any specific like misogyny that sort of runs through that, or is it is it all sort of equality? Because I know in Christianity and in the Bible, there's a lot of like subjugation of women and. Yeah, I mean, from what I gathered, it was like, you know, obey your husband, honor your husband. Basically, you're going to get married and you're going to have a husband. Like, that was kind of like the big thing. Um, I don't think they condone um, homosexuality. Oh. But I'm not 100% positive. I just remember there, I don't really remember there being any kind of talks about that um but i do remember there being like basically your husband's king um but then again i have my grandma and my aunt my um my stepdad has two twin sisters and his mother they're all really strong like very uh fairly liberal thinking women so right um they could have just been that way because I don't know. Well, maybe they're empowered. Their family is empower has empowered them as women. It's not necessarily the religion that empowers or disempowers women. Could be, yeah. And my uh, my grandpa was, you know, or is very quiet and likes to let his wife make all the decisions. And so uh-huh. she's she's kind of just a strong decision making woman. She's the one that they converted uh, to Jehovah. They weren't Jehovah's Witnesses when the kids were their kids were little. So my stepdad didn't grow up being a Jehovah's Witness. They converted once the kids were older. Wow. And so they be so she converted the family to, to that religion. So they weren't um like on my mom's side where it was just Catholic from I don't know the time they immigrated here. Right. Uh even before that. Actually my mom's side, the Catholic side, they were they were Quakers way before that Whoa. so that was strange <laughs> yeah they come from a really long line of quakers who turned into catholic well you'd have to and because it, quakers can't they don't have they don't have sex or something don't they or they don't have Qua- no they have sex quakers are like a super um uh progressive religion um they were very they were like pacifists and they were uh uh abolitionists and they were like they were the first the first like religion to to condemn slavery and they were yeah they were actually i've been reading more about them since i went on uh, ancestry and stuff and i'm like oh wow they were actually kind of neat but they also didn't believe in like things uh they're they're almost like in an amish sort of religion Uh. or they were they, you know, they're still Quakers, and they are living amongst us. They're Quakers living amongst us, yeah, right? I hear they they don't have church services, of... right? The friends they they don't have church services. They get together, and then if they feel the need to speak, they do. Yeah, I mean, cool. I don't really know much about that. I, that's one really, that's one thing that I do want to look into because it's like um, my mom's family came over from like. Wales, oh. and there's a whole bunch of Quakers that I found that are like her, like great, 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 great grandparents, and they like one of them gave like land to William Penn, who was like one of the most well-known Quakers in America, uh, and uh, yeah, there's that's a whole thing, but that wasn't anything I was ever raised in, right. to believe in, but I do think it's actually 
very fascinating cool and stuff, yeah. kind of a cool religion. Um, b- uh, back to the Jehovah's Witness and the homosexuality thing. What wasn't Michael? Michael Jackson was a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, and then see, look how he turned out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think honesty so with yourself like, is yeah, the key. So there's like yeah, there's repression. There. Right. You know, that's probably one thing. Like you know, they they teach you not to masturbate, and you. I don't remember if there was like this whole thing about sex before marriage. I I really don't because I we didn't really once I became a teenager I was like see ya I didn't really right. want anything to do with them, um so I didn't really pay attention to the religion as much as I did when I was younger because I was wanting to be accepted by uh-huh. that family and I was you know very open to learning new things and so I kind of in a way I took from that religion like what I wanted and I kind of threw out what didn't like make sense to me yeah yeah so um do you are your Jehovah's were you happy when you were a Jehovah's Witness would you say or when you were sort of well, dabbling I was in never that Jehovah's Witness, but I thought it was I always kind of I always kind of got a weird bad vibe I always thought it was kind of weird oh. and creepy the family members were great they were nice they were kind to me I felt comfortable with all of them they were great people they are all still great people um, I'm still, I still see them, but, uh, the religion part, the, the Bible study, the people that would come over for Bible study all seem to be very odd. They, they just huh. seem to have kind of a, a weird, I don't know what it was. I was uncomfortable around the people that were at the Bible studies and I was uncomfortable going door to door with my grandma and my aunts. I always thought that was strange. Like, why do we have to push this on people? Right, right. I didn't quite understand why. I mean, it's well. Why did they? Why do they feel the need to push things on people? Part like, of the religion. It's like part it's of a part of the religion. Like, you have to share to it. Right. <laughs> but they they believe in the they believe in the Bible. Is there another text other than the Bible? Yeah, there's like a million texts. Oh. There's all these books that have, um, I remember we had them on our bookshelf. They were all different colored bindings. They're little mini books. And they all had different information in them. And I can't remember what they all were about, but I remember I read them. Wow. Because they were also colorful on our bookshelf. And they had given them, my stepdad brought them, and he had brought, like, a whole bunch of cool books, like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and I read that. And then I was like, oh, I worked my way into the Jehovah's Witness section. <laughs> and <laughs> they were, like, pink and, and baby blue and yellow. And um, then they would say the title um, in, like, gold gilded whatever, and then you'd read it, and there was, you know, their pictures – the animations were all done, I think, by the same person that was right. that wrote that drew in the Watchtower, um, and in the because uh, they were all very similar. And in my children's Bible, just they all the aesthetic was the same illustrations. Yeah. Um, and they were all just books about. They were all different books about the religion and the stories from the Bible. I think. Right. So there was probably about, ten, we had about 10 of those, and we had The Greatest Man Who Ever Lived, which is a text about Jesus, just about Jesus, and then my uh, Questions Young People Ask, which is a book just for young people, preteens, right. to learn about the religion, and it was question Q&A style book, but it was the size of a, like a Bible. It was about wow. a quarter of the thickness of the Bible, 
um, it was kind of like a little mini Bible for younger people to like know right from wrong or whatever you're supposed to, what do you, how do you answer people who would say that Jehovah's witnesses are in a cult? Did you feel that it was culty? Was that like the uncomfortability that was it that people were too zealotrous or like, it was really, it felt really culty. Um, with my family, it didn't, they were actually, they never, they, they never really pushed it on me, but they, they really, really gave me a lot of information, but they weren't ever judgmental that my mom and me had never converted. They never pushed us to convert. They never tried to get us to convert. They just gave me info. Yeah. Um, they, but the religion as a whole feels very culty. Um, they, a lot of them, there's a little bit of, um, well, with most religions where you socialize amongst yourselves, but of course, I was an outsider, and so was my mom. So it was kind of like they welcomed us, and that was fine into their family. So I think that, in general, I think it's very culty. But at the same time, it's not like they don't deny you um, outside friends and influences. Right. They so don't. They don't cut completely cut you off from the outside world. They're like, yeah, no, like proselytize. Go talk like, about it. Yeah, you're like, you can't know these people anymore. You have to cut them out. Or if people people aren't, like, really excommunicated mm. or anything like that. Or, um, you know, it's it's less of a cult in that way, but it's 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 nearing cult status. <laughs> do, you, do you think that your exposure to it made you particularly more of a moral person? Or that it do – you, do you feel – that your morality now is shaped by that time and that like them saying this is right and this is wrong or have you fully negated it and it has nothing to do with who you are as a well i'm kind of a unique person because ever since i could i mean i taught myself to read when i was two whoa and so i just read and read and read that's all i did i didn't have i was like the kids these days that are like attached to a screen that's how i was with a book like i would I would take a book with me in the car. We would go places, and I'd ask to stay in the car and read a book. I would read at the dinner table. I would read until I passed out in bed. I would read just – so I was always reading things, and so I was reading other points of view. Uh-huh. And so when I um, was about six, I'd already, like – my grandpa on my mom's side had already given me a Catholic children's Bible that I had read. And so the stories were the same but different. And so I I understood that this wasn't like the only way of thinking and the only religion. Wow! Wow! So I sort of I sort of used my critical thinking skills that I developed from reading so much to understand that this isn't really like I kind of faked it, like with huh. my grandma and my my aunts that were Jehovah's Witness. I kind of was like. Oh yeah, this is this is the right way to be, or this is how you're supposed, you know, and asked sure. a lot of the right questions and um, made it seem like I was really interested in it. But I was just sort of trying to keep. Um, I wanted them to like me. Right. It's like and, when I'm on a plane and the person next to me happens to be a Christian and they start talking about Christianity. I can. They think I'm a Christian. I can make them think I'm a Christian too. Like yeah. I can make. And I, and I kind of knew that a lot of the stuff, I wasn't going to believe in a lot of the stuff. I was very, 
very I questioned all of it and I I really took I kind of think I took maybe I took some of the morals like obviously the same things like the golden rule which like is true through like most religions in in a way in a sense um that I think I really uh I really took to heart and I always trusted that as being like the common ground in most religious people and you know most spiritual people's beliefs um just treating other people the way you want to be treated and being kind and then the rest of it i kind of was um apprehensive about yeah so none of it really didn't really instill any kind of religious values in me Um, i'm still to this day always like picking and choosing things from different religions and different you know like spiritual beliefs that i think pertain to me and what i what make me happy (laughs) sure yes well so do do you believe like do you believe in an afterlife for real like do you do you think that when we die we just (laughs) that's it or do you think that we that there is a there is a paradise or a heaven or i really 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 want to believe in an afterlife like i try really hard because i have this really really um, extreme fear of death and being gone. Yeah, me too. And, but I do think that, um, I, I fear that there is no afterlife. That's Uh, what it is. I fear that there's nothing, but I hope that there's something. Sure. And part of the hope is, um, that I'm too scared for my consciousness to be done and over with and never again to be, um, you know, like I know that when you're dead and you're brain dead and you're gone, all your, every, your memory, everything's gone. Like your brain dies and everything that's inside of it is gone forever. Um, unless, you know, you've written things or passed down things to other people. Uploaded and to pictures the cloud. And things like that. But, um, I also think that I have, I, I kind of feel like I have spirit guides, like, I feel like some of my ancestors are guiding me. I feel like people that have passed on are guiding me. Sometimes I feel like there's too many coincidences that have happened. I've been saved too many times from, like, um, potential death from just something random that I feel like maybe I had somebody watching over me. Sure. Um, And sometimes I feel close to... um, Like, my dad passed away seven years ago, and other people that I know that have passed away <clears throat> I've had like communication with them right and so I think that there might be and I hope that there is yeah. and then sometimes I think that that's just my brain's way of um coming to terms with death so it's sure. like it's really something that I'm very analytical about and I still qu- I question, and I hope that one day when I'm close to dying I'll know right <laughs> it's gonna be okay we're comforted Oh, I, I feel similarly that people who have moved on out of this consciousness have affected parts of my life where I am conscious. And I'm like, they're definitely. So it's, I I think, that, and I talked to a, a girl the other day and she was telling me that her father had died like 10 years ago or something. And she talked to him all the time. She talked to his picture and she had been asking him like, Oh, I need help with this decision. And then all of a sudden, all of these things fell into place and he like spoke to her and then all these things started happening. And I'm like, dude, it makes me believe in an afterlife when someone else shares that they communicate with 
um, the spirit world or that kind of, and I almost kind of have to believe in it because when we're asleep half the time, right. And that's like our subconscious, but that's real and we're alive and we're thinking and there's a place, but it's not a place because it's like, we're, it's a complete out of body experience because our brain can go or our subconscious can go anywhere. And so if that's one sort of realm of perception of like is sleeping subconsciousness and we have our consciousness we're in right now, why wouldn't there be other like ripples and echoes of different consciousnesses that we don't yeah. conscious nigh consciousnesses no, yeah, that we don't understand. That. So uh, it's like, is, I mean, is death just like forever sleep, but subconscious is real. There's a place that we go. And sometimes, I don't know if this ever happens to you. Sometimes I like have communicated to people through dreams or people have communicated with me through dreams and like, it's crazy stuff. And I feel like, well, how is that? Is that, does it, I don't know. So, and I also, I also have a fear of death, so I want to believe, but I, I can't believe anymore in that Christian, like I'm going up to be with God on the clouds with mansions and yeah, like all that kind of, and the paradise with the tiger, although that would be nice. And I hope yeah, that all see, my cats I, are there. I really, I think it would. So I really like the idea of there being like a paradise, but then that's, you know, I feel like the way that we're taught what heaven is in Christianity, it's more like what your own personal heaven would be. And right. so, but then there's like other spiritual beliefs that have, there's like afterlife and their common theme is it's what your personal heaven or afterlife would be too. So it's mm. like, I wonder if it is just in your own sort of subconscious for some reason it goes on forever after you die. Um, yeah, some I don't infinite know. Loop. There's so many things that like I question about that because I'm not, uh, I have a few books that I really need to read like the on death and dying, I think. Um, and then is that the one by the Dalai Lama, the one by the Dalai Lama, and then there's the one that um, that uh, that Beat Generation guy that did a lot of LSD. Um, oh right, not Aldous uh, Huxley because that's Doors of Perception. But Ken uh, Ken Kesey. No, who was the first person you said? Aldous Huxley. No, it was like uh, Leary. Leary. Oh, um, uh huh, uh huh. So I read a little bit of his book about dying, and he talked about how there's that second before you die, um, before your your brain just shuts down, where you live for eternity in that second, um, it's or the, like a millisecond. The and so DMT. really, it's like yeah, it's like an afterlife, but technically in the in the world, it's it's like a millisecond, but in your consciousness, it's forever. Huh. So. You've got so that kind of actually inspired that made me feel comforted. Like, sure. okay, so when I'm about to die in that, like, or when I right when my brain's shutting down, I will be in heaven or I will be in wherever a dream state for eternity because it'll feel like eternity. Like, when you dream, you really only dream for a little while and then your dreams feel like you're watching like three feature length films, right? You know, right. Like, so, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I won't know until I die, right? But, um, or I might not know because I'll just be dead. Have you um, have you ever done DMT? No, but I I so I'm so scared to do a lot of different things because I have really bad anxiety. Uh, um, but that is one thing that I I will like would like to try. 
I have a friend. Um, uh, uh, he's a comic, Eric Cash. I know Eric uh, Cash. And, yeah, yeah, he, he lives in San Francisco a lot now. Of stories about that, and I was really like, yeah, that sounds great. But at the same time, I'm like, I would just have a really awful. I have a kind of a dark subconscious. Yeah, DM, DMT I, is weird. It's, yeah, it, the aliens come, and <laughs> I didn't like it. I'll never do it again. It's yeah, a, I think that I might have, uh, I might go into a dark place because, okay, so this is the other thing too. I do have, um, I have had a lot of contact with um, something that's not there hmm. and I don't want to say ghosts or I don't want beings of what, but I have had, um, I've been in places where there's been sounds, noises, touch, um, like a lot of contact and I've closed it off. And I've like shut that part of my like I've tried really hard to just be like leave me alone I don't want a part of it right. because it's a very it's a very dark place sometimes and so um, that's the part of me that remembers oh yeah I think there is an afterlife because I have experienced something supernatural yeah like, several times in my life since I was a little kid I'm very sensitive to it and I know that um, if I open myself up to it I could probably find out but i'm too i'm too scared i think part of it is from maybe watching too many horror films <laughs> in my life um and it getting mixed up with uh the things that have really happened but i've had like i've been able to like see faces my face um become other faces ever since i was a little kid i've i've done this game where i i see i can see an ancestor or a past life i was wow old Native American lady that I've done since I was like, I don't know, four years old. I stare in the mirror and then I let my eyes go soft like you do when you're looking at one of those 3D pictures. Yeah. And then I turn into, and since I was little until now, it's the same old lady. And you're I don't a shapeshifter. She she's like tried to, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. But do I do know that it's, I can do it and it's there and it's the same person. She has my eyes, but her face is all wrinkled. And she has two braids and she's definitely Native American woman. Um, but I don't know who she is. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's some Stephen King shit right there. That's great. And it is, maybe but I don't feel, I'm not scared of it. I'm not scared. She's, yeah. she's like there. She's like with me. Like she's a good, she's good. She's like maybe an ancestor or a guide or something. Yeah. So it, it, that's really neat. It, can you draw? Because it would be interesting if you could draw the face. I mean, I probably could draw like a, Oh, maybe. I don't know. I really don't know. She's very old. Like, very, like she lived. I mean, maybe it's me in the future. Like, yeah. Honestly, um, I don't know. She's she's very, very, very old because her face is very, very, very wrinkled. Like ninety. Yeah. And even when um, you were four, she looked the same way. Yeah, she always has looked the exact same way. She's not aging yeah. with you. She's just age. She's just is. She's the same, yeah. I wish I knew who it was. Or I've looked like I went on, so I went on this really crazy rabbit hole on ancestry and found like my um, my ancestors on like all sides from like all the way to like the 1600s. Wow, because cool. I was, like, and I found a lot of cool pictures and stuff, and I'm like, none of them are her. <laughs> so, right, right, right. <gasps> that would be so scary if you went like and you look, you're like, there she is. Now uh, that would totally no, prove an afterlife for I'm some crazy. For her. I really want yeah. to find her. That's awesome. Well, I think also because you have you've 
have such critical thought and you're such a reader from such a young mm -hmm. age, it's developed an empathy inside of you that is like its own moralistic compass. But then on the other side, when you read so much, those worlds exist when you're reading them, but they're imaginary worlds, but they've been created by someone else's mind, whether they were, you know, it's like everything you think is thought and is real. It's like the Plato platonic concept that thought is real. So even though you, it's like, if I think of, I see a chair in front of me and then I think of a chair, the chair in my head may or may not look like the chair in front of me, but it's still a chair and it still exists because thought yeah. is real. So if you're delving into all of these other places that aren't real, but they are real because they're created and it's a textual space and you're reading it and the words come together and it makes a picture in your mind and that picture exists. And the more times you visit that, the more it sort of solidifies the realness of it. Yeah. Like maybe that's, but that's the thing. If, if our brains are that strong and amazing and we can create our own worlds. Yeah. And I truly, and then, so yeah. And my beliefs, it's so weird on my beliefs, like evolve and change. And I go back to certain things that I didn't believe in before and that I, that I dropped that I thought was nonsense that now I think is great. Like my mom's best friend was um, a witch. And oh, so cool. I grew up with, her um, being very influential. I was best friends with her daughter. I'd spend the night at her house every weekend. She'd take me for weeks on end. She was, she's who I got really into crystal healing and therapy at like a very young age in like the 80s. Um, she was like just very, very great. Got me really interested in um, astrology and she always told me that I was a natural witch like she was just like I already can tell you're you know she she kind of took me under her wing yeah. and so I that was one thing that I um also influenced me and my my religious beliefs as well because I was um very um I felt very honored that she told me that I she thought that I was a natural witch and that um, I loved magic. I loved thinking that, that you could, you could create your own, um, reality based on the things that you, you kind of almost wished or, you sure. know, spells and things like that. And, and I, I really believed in a lot of that more and like a lot of natural, what? like, um, um, shamanistic type things as well. I always kind of felt like that felt more real to me than anything else. Absolutely. Cause um, thought, thought is like you said, it thought is real. And so if you're manifesting thought and the more you think about things, the more you're focusing your energy on that, which is the manifestation. And especially if you think positively and if you have like touchstones and different stuff that you totems and, and, you know, crystals and rocks, but it, when you, if they mean something to you, then they mean something. And every time you return yeah. to them, there's meaning and then there's thought and there's, there's, intention and i think isn't that what witchcraft is about is it's like you're clear on your intentions and so you don't want to yes. like be willy-nilly about what your intentions are you want to be focused and that's all good stuff like for, for personal growth and you know all that kind of like the secret i feel like the secret is kind of like verbalized witchcraft that people can understand understand when they yeah, read that book definitely. or when they see the movie they're like oh it works yeah, why does it thing. work <laughs> it's just a nice yeah, way to I say witchy things. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. Um, yeah. So a lot of things, um, 
a lot of things in my life have contradicted each other and I've had to sort of figure out in my head um, what kind of binded everything together uh, and made everything like common. And that's sort of like where I go with, I guess, my religion or my religious beliefs are like all of these influences I've had growing up and all of the things I've really seen and all of the things I've really felt. Um, because I do, I do believe that I feel very connected to whatever creator or mother or um, God or goddess or the planet or the universe. I always have felt really connected and I've always felt like I'm a, I'm a cog in the, the wheel or I've been, that's just something that I've always felt very spiritual. Um, and, but I don't know, I don't have words or I don't know what it is. Sure. So I have, I do have that. And so I do go back and forth. And I think that the one of the reasons why I do, do believe that there might not be an afterlife is basically mostly fear. And I want to get, I want to get past that fear. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like atheists, um, Maybe it's not necessarily they don't believe in anything. It's just that they fear that the fear is what is causing them to think that there isn't anything. Right. Because that's that's my my reality. So, I mean, it's not necessarily, you know, every single person. There's people with, like, super scientific minds that don't think that anything spiritual exists. But... But it, I, um, it's so hard because, I mean, some people who are scientific, who, I mean, I've, I've read things online about like, I had cancer, but I thought my way out of it, like positive thinking and, you know, smoking weed cured my cancer. And I've read stuff like that. And I'm like, does, you know, does prayer work? Does thinking positive, like, is prayer well, and positive yeah, thinking I mean, and intention the same it really thing? Does. It is all the same thing. It also, like, this is a good topic um because prayer is like basically manifesting and it's all like the same thing you're just like thinking positive thoughts which is which is super scientific because you know you've read these where people will yell at a plant or they'll talk nicely to a plant and the, <laughs> the plant that they yell at like dies right and the one that they talk nicely to like flourishes it's kind of like the same thing with your own brain uh. but whatever you believe in is you talking to a plant you're praying or you're doing magic, or you're manifesting, um, doing the secret, you know, all of that. It's all like the same thing. You're you're basically caring for yourself in a loving way. And however you believe, that's, that's how you're able to um, do the things where you're caring for yourself in a loving way. Because mm-hmm. um, religion is just a... Uh, is just a the face of everybody just doing the same thing anyway you know like all of that prayer and i think prayer is good for people that need it you know right and when, if that's the way that they're going to be a kind human and they're going to be kind to themselves which is ultimately what i think everybody should be doing is just being kind to yourself and yeah um that all if you're kind to yourself you're going to be kind to others well and just, when you think badly about yourself, that's when it, everything gets negatively spiraling and, and things start. I mean, that's like obsessive compulsive disorder and, you know, all kinds of like manifestations of hoarding and all, things that are just like, 
uh, I'm scared of something or I'm a piece of shit and I don't think, you know, and all of that, that becomes true. Like the more, the more you tell yourself, whatever you tell yourself, that's what ends up happening because that's where your intentions lie. So if you're constantly not having self-care and self-love and being like, I'm a pile of dog shit and nothing I do is good, then that's kind of what you manifest as opposed to, um, trying to think more positively. When I was little, I remember praying cause I was super, super religious. And I, I don't remember it always being prayers for good. I remember praying that Jesus would fuck up some of my mean enemies and my bullies and the people that like messed with me. Like I used to pray yeah. and be like, I hope they get in so much trouble or maybe their parent will beat them or something and they'll have a taste of their own medicine, something like that. And I would be praying. So even even in my, like, I don't think that prayer is always necessary, always necessarily something positive, but then the same thing with witchcraft. Like sometimes people can do, you know, negative spells, but yeah, there's, I think all of it is it's intention, but the, the, the intention can all be the same and it can be for good. I mean, obviously yeah. anything you, you do, you could, um, have that intention. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Uh, we'll, we'll finish on this. Like what makes you continue being like a good moral person that you do things that are good as opposed to evil? And are those just words that don't mean anything? Like, well, I think what the main thing is, is that I know I'm being, I feel like I'm being watched. Oh, really? Um, you feel like you're being judged from an outside source. Yeah. 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 I feel like I'm being judged by an outside source is one of the things that kept me moral uh, in my youth um, because anytime I ever did anything like wrong or, uh, you know, immoral, like shoplifting or uh, <laughs> uh, spreading rumors or lying or, you know, any of the, the things that are immoral that a, a kid would do. Right. Um, I would feel really, I, you know, the guilt. I would have, I think that's the Catholic guilt. Right. Maybe instilled generationally. Yeah, yeah. Big me. big daddy God's going to spank you if you take that candy bar. Yeah, I'm not going to go to heaven. I'm not going to go, like, whatever good that could happen in the afterlife is not going to happen to me. Um, but part of it actually is, I my moral compass is based on how... Um, good it makes me feel I think and so I feel really really good helping people I feel really good when and accomplished when I've I've, I'm a mother so I have children if I've instilled something or I've had a good talk with my children or um, I've made them feel better um, being just really kind to people as much as I can helping as much as I can without overloading myself um, makes me feel really really good and I think I've I've learned that maybe, um, but to me, I feel like as long as I'm not hurting someone else, um, I, that's kind of just like my moral compass is really just like, if, if it doesn't hurt someone else, then it's probably okay. Right on. Um, it's very Jesus-y about the helping people and feeling good about it. Um, yeah, I really like, I mean, that's a, it's, it's, it's hard to find a balance though where you don't become a pushover, but, um, I really love helping. Like I love solving people's problems and I love just being like a helping hand. Like if they need someone or just an ear, like all that stuff really makes me like my heart feel warm. And then I'm like, I did a good thing. And then that's sort of like where it, yeah, comes from. 
And 15 shows in three days. That's kind and helping people and being awesome. <laughs> I just switched roads. Um, the one, there was one last thing I went, oh, how was Disneyland? <laughs> Disneyland was, Disneyland is my paradise. I, <laughs> Super magical. I You're friends with all that. I all. love it as much as I love it. It's, it's the, it's the most, I, I, you get to feel like a kid and it's so magical and it's so cute and it's so, it's not so good and there's so many great visuals and there's just music in every corner that's just, I don't know, it's just heartwarming and I know it's like a conglomerate and they make a whole lot of money and, but they really, I mean, they put a lot of care into that place. It is, oh, uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's the attention wonderful. to detail is, I've always loved Disneyland too. <laughs> Did your kids love it as much as you? They loved it. We're going back for New Year's Eve. Um, oh. My husband lived it. My husband was like, fuck, I never want to go to Disneyland. And then I planned this trip and he went and he was like, I don't know why my parents never took me to Disneyland. That place is great. <laughs> like, he loved it. It's just so, it's not even like, it's not even about like seeing Mickey Mouse and seeing characters and seeing, it's just about everyone there is so warm and it's so happy and you feel, when you're there you feel safe like nothing bad could ever happen to you there it is you're it's like, like paradise you're friends with all the animals everyone gets along even when there's a huge parade and there's tons and tons of people there's no fights that break out people aren't being yeah. crazy no one wants to like yell at their kids or like everybody's like in a good space they are and it's it's so um yeah it's really it's like the first place i've ever been as an adult where I have felt a hundred percent safe. Like, like I didn't have any, I had, I always get anxiety when I go places and I travel and I'm in somewhere like a little, um, different, uh, environment. And whenever I would get just like the teeniest bit of anxiety, I would just like take a deep breath and look at where I was. And I just, it would go away just quickly. And that's yeah. really hard for me to get anxiety attacks to go away. And this was just like the place where it was like I popped a Xanax, basically, when I walked through the door. Disney is Xanax. Disney is God. We figured it out. Heaven yeah, is I here mean, on Earth. It's in Anaheim. You just have to pay $100 a day. That's all. That's just, it's just throwing yeah, money at it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like I wish that could just, I wish I could find an, a, like a Disney, a Disneyland that you could just go to in your head whenever you want it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you um, can. All I can do is just describe it as it's a safe place. I mean, it is a place that you're probably the safest there than anywhere else. Yeah, because they're watching you with cameras and everybody's paid to be nice. It is. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, so many things that aren't allowed inside. And they do they do such a good job. I mean, they're, like, it's like TSA to get in there. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do they take away your cigarettes? What do they do? <laughs> Oh, no, but you can't smoke inside there anymore. There's no smoking section. Really? Actually it used to be behind, the smoking section used to be behind the, behind the Thunder Mountain Railroad, and they had the little bird cage, and you could oh, smoke behind the Thunder now Mountain Railroad. Out the front doors, out the main little area, like nearly over to where the buses are. Wow. Yeah. So I, needless to say, even though, and I'm a smoker, and I didn't need to have a cigarette, the whole time I was in there. Like, That's... I would smoke before I walked in, and when we left, like, 8 or 12 hours later, and I was fine. Magic. So... Well, this yeah, has been no, Magic Shannon Hunt of Portland. Thank you so much for being on Some Call Me Tim and such like a unique religious background that turned you into a witch. <laughs> <laughs> Which no, is thank awesome. Thank you for having me. You're so great. This is 
I, I love this type of stuff. This You're so great. Wonderful. I can't wait to go back up to Portland. It's You guys are the promised land of comedy for me. I love it up there oh. so much. And so I want to plan trips up there all the time. So yay. Yeah, we can't wait to have you back. Yeah, back. and uh, I'll be, once my video's done, I'll apply it to Ha Ha Harvest Festival as soon as possible. And everyone else who's a comedian should apply and go up to Portland and just experience the magic that they create up there with their themed shows and actual audiences. And uh, what, what a joy. Well, it thanks really again. Fun. Yes, apply. We, love, we want people from like everywhere, but we, we love San Francisco. We love California. We, yeah. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Well, thanks so much. And uh, this is some call me Tim. And I'll put this, um, I'll tag you on the Facebooks and all that stuff later. And thank Yay. you so much for being on it. Bye, Shannon right. Hunt. Bye. Bye. Okay. So that was Shannon Hunt on Some Call Me Tim. We were talking about magic. That was exciting. And that's even better because our second hour, we're actually going to be playing magic. Here on Some Call Me Tim. So I have Travis in the house. I gotta get my I gotta get my cards out. Hi, Travis. Hey, Pam. How's it going? It's it's going great. You made it. That's awesome. Yeah, I you know I was I was lying on the couch having a Arnold Palm job, uh, which if you don't know that's uh, iced tea, lemonade, and vodka. Awesome. Choice. And uh, go. yeah, it's it's good to be here. I uh, I I got us something. Oh, you this. did. Yeah, I, I, got, I have. I got us some booster packs. Oh wow! Let's open some booster packs. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Let's open some booster packs. Wow! This is uh, Wizards of the Coast. What what? This is what year is it? Twenty nineteen. Yes. Some year of our Lord, twenty nineteen. Uh, Magic the Gathering, War of the Spark, fifteen card booster pack. Ages thirteen plus. What do we got? Boobies on these? Oh man, I was uh, maybe I I I guess I was underage when I started this game. Yeah, I was of age, but I'm an old lady. <laughs> All right, I should get. I have to get. I'm such an old lady. I have to get my glasses on. Okay. Oh my god, I'm so old. I'm so old. I need my glasses. <laughs> Oh, I, you know, it really makes me nostalgic, the smell of, like, a new booster pack. The, like, the... Oh, yeah. The fresh Ooh, I can from... see now. Of invading Manticore. I got the same thing. You got an invading Manticore on top? I got an invading Manticore on yeah, top. Yeah, it's a zombie Manticore. When invading, when invading Manticore enters the battlefield, amass two, two mana. What's a mass? Put I don't two. Know. Oh, it puts it in parentheticals. Put two plus one plus one counters on an army you control. If you don't control okay. one, create a zero zero black zombie army token first. Oh, I see. Okay, so it creates. You, if you already have an army that you're like the ant army or the whatever, oh, or okay, you make okay. you start you start a token army with a, and it's a black creature. But this is a red card. Why would you make a zero zero black? Interesting. That's interesting. Okay. Second, I have a bulwark giant. Do you okay. the same one? No, no. Okay, I have good. I have Gideon's Sacrifice. It's mm. an instant, and you choose a creature, Planeswalker, you control all damage that would be dealt this turn to you, and permanence you control is dealt to the chosen permanent instead. Mm. Hmm. Right. This is great. The Bulwark Giant. It costs six to get in, which isn't great, but it's a giant soldier. It's a 3-6, and when Bulwark Giant enters the battlefield, you gain five life. 
that's like so right up my alley in my life giving deck. And then the quote on the bottom is, where did she come from? More importantly, are there more like her? <laughs> Gideon Jura. Whoever that so is. I have a I have a blue creature. It's a Naga Eternal. Ooh. It's a 3-2 creature. Th- that's it. Nothing special. But the, the quote is, I recognize that headdress. This one was feared even by her fellow initiates. <laughs> Uh, Kiora's Dam Breaker. It's another six to casting cost, and it's a five-six, like a huge. It's a Leviathan. When Kiora's dr- Dam Breaker enters the battlefield, proliferate. Choose any <laughs> number of permanents and/or players, and give another counter of each kind already there. Oh my goodness! So if there's already a counter on it, you get another. Okay. So if it's a bad counter, you can really fuck with someone. Or if it's a good counter, you can't. When your enemy flees, send the sea to pursue them. Kiora. So I really like the title of this creature. Uh, it's a vampire opportunist. Ooh. Which I, I feel like I meet those at the bar all the time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's a 2-1 creature. But there, there's a, God, 6 plus 1 black mana each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. That's it? But yeah. then how big is the creature? Two one. Two one. Yeah. That's a big casting cost. Yeah, it really is. I don't think that's... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that that'd be something I'd be like, oh, I'm really excited about that one. Common. Uh, Raging Crunch, which is a great <laughs> name. It's a 4-3. It's just a... It's, this is actually a really great one because it's only three casting cost. It's a 4-3. Oh, and it's a beast. It says, Raging Crunch can't attack alone. That's the only bummer about it. <laughs> Seeing so much easy prey makes her crazy. See how she snorts and drools? Wait, Dooz. it's, a, it's a, crunch. a Raging Crunch. A Raging Crunch. <laughs> that's, how I, that's sometimes how I feel about my vagina. I should call it a Raging Crunch. Raging. It's a Raging oh, Crunch. I've got such a Raging Crunch got- right now. <laughs> 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 I'll put it in my dirty, dirty things. But... Okay, what do I got? Uh, so I got Steady Aim. It's, a, it's an instant where you untap a creature, and that creature gets plus one, plus four, and gains reach until end of turn. What is reach? Uh, you can get flying creatures. Oh, okay. It's like uh, spiders sometimes have reach. Okay, okay. Um, so you're, tongue, Whip Tongue Frog has reach. They can pull things out of the sky. So you're not, you're not a flying creature, but you can attack yes. flying creatures. You can no, s- you can't, you can defend, you can, or you know, you can attack if they attack you. So usually when I fly in, uh-huh. there's nothing you can do about it. Right. But if right. you have a creature with reach, you can defend and kill him, knock him down, take, give him damage. So it, it basically like it disables a flying army. It, it, you know, unless you, if you don't have flying creatures, it's good to have reach. Just in case. I, I always love flying creatures because I'm like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> it's the same thing with like using island walk or swamp walk or something like that where you you can only, the other person doesn't have, they can't block unless they have right, swamps right. or whatever. This is a black one, Tithe Bearer Giant. It's a giant warrior, four or five. When Tithe Bearer Giant enters the battlefield, you draw a card and lose one life. That's what I don't like about black cards. They're like, they're like, it's good, but I'm also gonna kind of mess with you. Yeah, it's 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 always kind of like hurting yourself, kind of yeah. like necromancer kind of stuff. But you draw a card, which is nice. But it's a six casting cost of six, and it's a four or five. That's good. Four or five is pretty big. Okay, what do I what do, what do I got here? Uh, I I got some decent black and green cards. Mm, I feel mana right now. 
Oh, and uh, I, I don't know this land. Blast Zone. Blast Zone enters the battlefield with a charge counter on it. See, these are like new rules. Like, I don't, I don't know if I get all of those. Yeah, there's some new rules. I'm like, huh? Friday night magic. Start your start your weekend like a boss. <laughs> Wizards of the Wizards dot com F N M. Oh, is that the is that the it's promo the extra card? the promo card? Because what they they basically gave me a token creature. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I got one. It just says dragon flying. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, it's a this is a token creature assassin death touch. This, this isn't this isn't tournament legal. Okay, so let's 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 get into it. What, are, okay. what, what I've are, got I've got two decks in there. Okay. Let's see. What is there anything good? This is a bear spirit. I kind of like that. Spark Reaper. Meow 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 meow. Yeah. I have a Herald of the Dread Hole. No, Dread Horde. <laughs> Her- That's nice. Herald of the Dread Horde. When Herald of the Dread Horde dies, amass two, and that's put two plus one plus one counters on an army you control. Okay. This one I can actually add to my um, mother my um, my mother-in-law deck. It's called Callous Dismissal. It, <laughs> it costs 2 and it's a sorcery return target non-land permanent to owner's hand. Amass 1, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on an army you control. If you don't control one, make one. But so that I have a, that's one of the decks in here. <laughs> yeah, Callous Callous Dismissal is perfect for it's perfect uh, for the mother-in-law, for the mother-in-law deck. deck. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. This is is that yeah? So this is the mother-in-law deck here, and that is the poet deck. Okay. These are the two. That's the one-one flank. That's when like everybody goes to the poetry reading, and then you st- you stay forever, <laughs> and then you get tons of life, and you never die. So if we were gonna add anything to that deck, I would add this white card, the bulwark giant. Let's see. Okay. But we should take something out because of the mana. I'll get. We'll get mana host if not. Oh yeah yeah. So, okay. Um, but I think callous dismissal should go into. Okay, um, then then out of here, you're playing what, like a blue-red? This is a blue-black. A blue-black? Yeah. Okay, so. And it's got things like, I'll take out the blood pet. Well, it's a mana giver. Oh, I like disruptive student. You take that one right there. Let's see. Armor Thrall doesn't necessarily help anything or the, here. the Herald of the Dread Hole. Here, I'll, I'll, take this, I'll take this one out of the deck because to add Callous Dismissal. Um, yes. So, do you want to play the mother-in-law deck, or do you want to play the white poet deck? Um, I'm I'm gonna go for the white poet deck. Okay, I don't usually right. play white, so uh, yeah. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Do 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 do. I can't see close up anymore because I am so old. Okay, here we go. Okay. I'm gonna shuffle up and deal. Shuffle the fuck up. <laughs> See, I never, like, growing up, I never played white decks at all. That was never my thing. I, it was always, I, like, I always blue-green or uh, black-green. Oh, look at what's on the bottom of that. Oh, oh baby! Old-school vampire! Classic. Classic. I know, and people have said, why do you play with that card? You should put it in plastic and keep it. And I'm like, screw you. I play with cards. It's the same. I mean, <laughs> They're it's made the, for playing. They're made for playing. The game is supposed to be played. Like, the people who, you know, get to... Uh, you know, copies of something, and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to keep this one." In play. So it's, it's it's meant to be played it's with. Meant to be played with. I know people think I'm crazy. Like you've been playing since '93, and you just keep some of your original cards, and you don't like fucking care. And I'm like, "Yeah, I care. I play with the cards." It's just funny to me. It's the same. I don't know. It's the same thing. Adults that collect toys and don't play with them. Yeah, yeah. Like, Although really? I I will say, 
to their credit, my my roommate recently got a like second edition uh, Dungeon Masters guide. Cool. Like it looks like it hadn't been touched. It didn't have that attic smell to it. Sure. You know, like it. It'd been wrapped in plastic lining. Yeah, on the beach. it was. Uh, it's, and it was. It, you know, it, it was like an archaeological, you know, find. Yeah, that's to, cool to see that. It would be. I mean, could you imagine if we started up playing? Playing D and D at 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 Bender's, oh. would that be would that be dumb or would that be fun? I I would love it I personally. Mean, like I and I have the dice for it too. Like yeah, I've got I've got all the twenty sided dice. <laughs> um, it would it would be fun actually to sit on the back patio, but. Uh, I don't know. Would we be annoying everybody? Who knows? I mean, we're. I feel like we're annoying everybody already. So, like, why not? Fair enough. <laughs> you were there late last night too. I was. I was definitely there late last night. I. I ooh, went. That, you got a foil. I. I oh, is you that special? A, ooh, ooh. I got a pretty card. Yeah, you got a pretty card. Um. Yeah, you were there pretty late. Yeah, I was there. I was there pretty late. I. I did the thing where I went home for a second and then. I came back. Oh, yeah. We were cleaning up and uh, got out of there about midnight. Am I supposed to put these back together? Which, yeah. which deck is, is, is which? Uh, this is, this yours. is Oh, this one's yours. Okay. Um, All right. I have... Oh, I have my favorite picture on the bottom, the Avon Praetor. I have always loved this because the bunny, the big bunny... Is they're sacrificing on this little blue guy, and I always felt so. All of these, this particular deck, and there's a little judge there, and they are gonna they're gonna kill him. Um, okay. So it's a six on the bottom so i i probably go first but um is that how you tell yeah whoever has the biggest casting cost goes first yeah mine's mine's two uh the reason so this deck all the cards have to do with my i was married for i was with the same man for 13 years married for seven Oh my God! And um, yeah, I know. Oh, Jesus. I left him in 2007, and but we really didn't get divorced it's seven, officially. Seven cards. Seven cards. Okay. Um, and I'll pull an eighth one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. So his name was Keith Ray. Um, he still is. He's not dead. So that's a good like country and, singer name. Yeah, right. And I never, I never changed my name to his last name. But one of the reasons we got divorced was I, I almost completely blame his mother. Um. And so when I made this deck, it was the mother-in-law deck so that it's like all the things have to do with, you know, her being a, a cunty asshole and yeah, breaking up yeah. my marriage. Uh, I'm done. No. What, what was the, what was the card? The. Oh, callous dismissal. Callous yeah. dismissal. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what's happening. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this right now. All right. Okay. I usually that uh, that's a fun deck just because everything's so small that everybody comes out pretty quickly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm drawing again. I'm gonna put down a swamp this time. We can you can you tap mana as soon as it comes in? Yeah, but you can't attack with a creature because it has summoning sickness. Right. Right. Summoning sickness. Yeah. That that I remember. Well, I am also. Done. Okay. Let's see. I'm going to draw a card. Oh, who do I want to bring? Okay. Um, and then I'm going to do something real quick. I'm just going to use it. I'm going to, so that you can't, I'm going to tap that land so that you can't use it this time. Tap that land? Yeah. Okay. 
It's an instant. So, so that, I'm tapping it. I'm tapping it so that you can't untap it until your next turn. But then also I get to draw a card at my next turn. Draw a card at the beginning of your next turn's upkeep. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's why I never played blue decks is because there's so many rules on every card. Yeah. It's, just, yeah, it's, it's too much reading. I like to read. <laughs> I just I just was like, oh, I have the mana to do it. I want to tap that land to sort of tie your hands because I know it's in that deck. And if you have two white mana you oh, you can put out like half the deck well I, three three i'm, I'm really. gonna i'm gonna tap that and i'm gonna bring out my oh. sarah zealot oh, so yeah. first strike does that mean i can attack right no she if you had not having summoning sickness is something else first strike means that your damage gets to me before my damage gets to you so if they were both one one creatures they wouldn't bounce you would kill me and i'd and you'd still live right right okay because first strike is like yeah it, got it got it okay cool moving right along okay so i get to pull two cards at this upkeep one two so yeah uh enter th that card was called enervate because it's like really annoying and it's like what my <laughs> that's what my um ex -mother so enervated just enervated uh, i'll put down another pretty islands and Oh, that is a pretty island. Oh, that would, this would, if I did this right now, it would be super jerky. I'm not going to do that. Uh, there's, there's no I'm going rules here. to, no, no, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, let's do, I'll do this one. So I'll put up the whip tongue frog. He's a one three. Okay. And if I pump another blue in, he can gain flying till the end of turn. Oh shit. So that he's kind of, he can, that's, that's that thing. He doesn't have reach, but I can make him have reach. Basically. Okay. Okay. And I am done. Okay. So, back on the map. Let's see what's going on. Well, let me read the quote. Their favorite food, wind dancers. <laughs> All right. I got, I got something I can bring out. I know it. I know it. Uh, who wants to come and play? How about... The Femoref Healer. Oh. Prevent one damage to any creature or player. Yeah, you can tap her whenever you want to do that. Can you? All you have to do is tap her. Damn. Yeah, you just tap. So actually, you she doesn't come in tapped. She just can't attack. Okay. But you could use her. So you could still use her special ability for whatever you want. I to mean, prevent any damage. Okay. Cool. That's cool. They're just having a little poetry reading. Two little ladies sitting down. One of them has armor on. The other one's kind of a witch doing some witchy shit. Yeah, that's uh, so target player gains three life or prevent up to three damage to a creature. I'm just going to use that. Oh, you have a healing staff? Yeah, to give my so I'm at 23. There you go. And I guess this is my graveyard right here. Sure, yeah, mine's over here. Okay. Well, you're at 23. I'm at 20. And I am done. Moving right along. I'm going to put out another swamp just to keep things even. And I'll... Doop, 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 doop. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's, let's put all our eggs in one basket. I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. <laughs> I'm betting everything I have on you. Uh, enchanted creature gets plus three, plus three. Okay. And if enchanted creature attacks or blocks, I have to sacrifice cunning at the end of turn. So it's basically like um, he's just sitting here right now, a four, six. 
okay. with the ability to potentially fly and murder somebody. Okay. But once I do that, then it's just a one three again. So I'm just, it's just like, I just made him into a big wall. Okay. I'm done. <clears throat> but as soon as he attacks, he's, he as soon uses. as he attacks or blocks, he, he, he uses it, but then he loses it. He lo- yeah. Okay. Use it. He, you gotta, you gotta if, use it before you lose it. If you use it, you lose it. Yeah. You know? Okay. Okay. And is it my turn? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, this is this is a fun card. I gotta use that on my next turn. Twenty three to twenty. Okay. So let's see. Huh. Okay. Oh wow. That's that seems ridiculous. <laughs> I I I realize how you kicked my ass with this deck uh now. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of bonuses. Okay. So I'm gonna tap all this and throw in angelic voices. Mm. So as long as the only creatures I control are white or artifact creatures, all creatures get plus one, plus one. Yeah, the whole poetry reading. And so I'm going to attack with both. You're going to attack with... Both my... Because they're both two twos. Yes. So you're attacking me with four, and I can only... Well, I'll... Which one do I want to murder? Um, I will murder her. Okay. By blocking. Femoref healer. Yeah, okay. and what did she have? Oh, she had a... She had a prevent one damage... Gotcha. Thing. But what's... Oh, that's just for graveyard. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, just a graveyard. But then this goes away, which sucks. Okay, so that's gone. Yeah. And then do you take two damage? Uh, Yeah, I have to take two damage. Okay. Uh, So I'm at 18. All right. And then this goes away. And then this untap, and then these untap, and then I draw a card. Let's see. I'll put out another blue guy. Uh, and then I will put out another guy. One, two, one. Uh, this is an armored thrall. He's just another one, three, but I can okay. um, tap him and I can sacrifice him to put him on someone else. To make someone else a plus one plus two. Okay. So it says, um, "Let me read the read the quote in a voice." Except for the bare spot at the base of their skulls, armor thralls bear interlocking plates and spikes with the strength of steel. Their design is almost artistic. <laughs> Endric Sar, from his book Thralls, the famous book, <laughs> the famous book oh, Thralls. thralls. Um, and I'll attack you for one. That's like the girls of their generation. Yeah, thralls. Uh, so I attack you for one. So I'm at 18 okay. and you're at... Uh, 20... 22. Th- three, 22. 22. 22, yeah. And I am done. Okay. Let's see what's going on here. Okay. Oh, look at that. More manas. More land. The first time we played, you kicked my ass with that. With, but I was playing this deck because I didn't have enough land in it. And I was mana host. Right. And so nothing was happening. It was very annoying. But I'm, I'm seeing that you can, you can get a lot done with just a little here. Yeah. So let's see. I'm going to, what, tap two of these and bring in. 
the Angelic Curator. Oh, yeah. Flying Protection from Artifacts. And also, I'm, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's it. That's All right. Wait. Oh. Yes. Actually, I'm going to also throw Brilliant Halo Ooh. on my Sarah Zalet. So this girl gets a plus one, plus two. And she's even bigger because of your... Oh, no, you're... Well, yeah, because there's have a your, plus one, yeah. plus one to all of these. Right. So plus a plus one, plus two. Uh, that would make it a three, four. Woof. Woof. Why, why, wouldn't you put it, why wouldn't you put it on your flying person? Well, we can talk about that later. Oh, okay. I'm committing to the decision. All right, all right. <laughs> All right. Are you are you done? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm learning as I go. Um, there. Here we go. Uh, ooh, good more mana. I'm definitely not mana hosed this turn, which uh, I no, appreciate very much. I'm excited on that. Um, I can use this card. Uh, oh, that's that's fun. Okay, I can use that later, and. Um, I'm going to have to use this later, too. That's exciting, though. Those damn blue cards. Uh, I don't want to make him too small. I want to make him... So this is this this would attack me for four, though, if I... Uh, How big would, is it, it right it, now? Uh, three, four. Right oh, this now. is a three, four. That's a three, four. Oh, damn. Okay, then. In order to save my guy, I'm going to... I'm going to sacrifice this motherfucker to make him a two, five, and he can still, okay. he can fly if I want him to, and I will be done. Okay. So he's a, he's a two, five. You can fly if you want to. Yeah. He's a two, five. I can pump him up as long as I have the mana. You can fly if you want to. I believe it can fly. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm just going to read from my angelic curator card right now which is Do not treat your people as you treat your artifacts. Let them go and they will live. Seal them here and they will die. And that was Urza to Radiant to put it in context. Sure, to put it in context <laughs> of magic. Oh shit. You have a lot of mana I to play with. I do have a lot of mana to play with. Oh boy, boy. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh. To remind everybody. Can I do all of this? Travis has a huge creature on the board and another two-two flying. He's he has six. <laughs> he has six mana, five mana. I have four mana. Oh, he has four, so he's I getting have, a lot I done. Need, I have I six, have and mana. I'm not getting shit done. But he is. Oh. Okay, no, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna keep that one in my pocket, and I am gonna. How many mana do you have out? Right I now? have six, all open and unused. I'm going to fuck you. Oh, uh, <laughs> you gonna do a fissure or something? Oh, no. no, it's limited resources. Oh, when that comes into play. Each player chooses five lands that he or she controls and sacrifices the rest. So I have to sacrifice. Uh, I'm sacrificing a swamp right now. Okay. So now I have three islands and two swamps. So this we're gonna try to get it done. This is a, like an enchantment, so that yeah. So that I can disenchant. Stays. I can disenchant if okay, I ever okay. get the opportunity. 
And then, on top of that, I'm going to play... Oh, do I... Yeah, I'm going to do it. Fuck it. Uh, I'm going to do Righteousness. Oh. Target defending creature gains plus seven, plus seven until end of turn. But defending, not attacking. She can only defend. So I have to attack you with something big, and then you break that out and go, Motherfucker! That's okay. the that's why that's such a oh, cheap card, man. Because if it was for attacking a seven seven, oh yeah, it would be like be it, it cost a little more. Yeah, right. And it's an instant, right? Yeah, it's an instant. It's an instant, so that's why it's an instant because you can break it out. Because once I have a badass huge creature, not now, but so if I, I did, I totally boned myself. No, no, no. Take one. it back. It's okay. fine. Okay. Are you you sure? didn't. Yeah, okay. that's fine. Okay. That's fine. I, I, I've, it's, that's fine. I've showed my hand now. It's okay. okay. I know it's in that deck. It's not like... Oh, uh, yeah. No surprises deck. here. Okay, so I'm done. All right. Oof. Yay. I got a Tim the Enchanter. I love Tim. Some call me Tim. That's where the whole, the whole show comes from. But this is a Tim. He's the original Tim, and he's not called Tim, but he's, it says Summon Wizard, and we always did that because we, we'd watch... My Python, the Holy Ghost. Right, right. Call me Tim. And so, what he does is his special ability is he can ding you for, or any creature you have for one. But your creatures are bigger now, so he can't ding you. But I can ding you individually. Okay. So, I can, like, even right now, I can use his, I'll read his little thing and then I'll um, do one damage to any target. Occasionally, a member of the Institute of Arcane Study requires a taste for worldly pleasures. Seldom do they have trouble finding employment. So, um, I can Tim you. For, for, for one, um, at, at any point you can just, just yeah. Ding, well, I'm using right whenever somebody. he's untapped, I can use his special ability. But okay. before we even get to that, I am actually going to do. Oh fuck! I don't have enough mana. Damn it! Okay, I'm just gonna tim you for one. Okay, tim me personally. Yes. So I'm at twenty one. Yes, and I'm still at eighteen, and okay. I am done. Okay. Well played. Let's see what we got here. Oh, yeah. This is the fucking poetry deck, ain't it? <laughs> Do you have a tragic poet coming out? I have a devout harpist. Oh, de- yes, the devout harpist. And she's great because she can disenchant, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally can. Yeah. I knew that. I'm just seeing if you knew that. Uh, okay. So... See, that's funny. That that deck, I put that harpist in there because A, she's part of the fucking poetry reading, and B, because she can it's is it target is it? Destroy Destroy target. target creature enchantment. Yeah. So but it's funny because your deck is the one that has all the good enchantments and you wouldn't really want to destroy them. That card is in there because if this, because if you're, you're limited resources, but it's if someone else is playing something like that. Yeah, yeah. This particular deck, though, also because you're playing a blue deck, has a lot of enchantments, too, if I ever get to them. So. Okay, so I'm going to attack with both my guys. Oh, all right. So I'll block and murder your flying 2-2 with my, I'll make my whip tongue, oh, big whip tongue right. okay. frog. Okay. Die. Actually, which one do I want to kill? Yeah, I don't even have to pump him up. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna because this is a one, or this is a two, this is a, a, a two four, and that's a how big is it? Three four. Oh, okay. So, or this is a two five. So I wouldn't kill that. I, mean, I need to kill that one. Okay. I'll kill your flying guy. So you're killing the flying guy. Got yeah. it. And I'm taking the three. 
So I'm at, I was at 18, now I'm at 15. 15. Damn. All right. Damn. Mo- moving things right moving along. Moving things right along. You need to get rid of that <laughs> limited resources to get, um, oh, this is fun. I'll put this out. Um, this is statistically, and whenever any creature is put into any graveyard from play, I get to put a plus one, plus one counter on this enchanted creature. So I'm going to put it on my Whipsome Frog. So every time... Anything goes to the graveyard. Anything, anything goes to the graveyard. He gets a plus one, plus one. And then I shall... I shall do um, I shall do a frantic search, which is um, I draw two cards. It's an instant, so I can do it whenever, but I'm going to do okay, it now. Okay. I draw two cards, then I choose and discard two cards, and I untap three lands. So I'm going to untap my three lands. Okay. And then this is, he's, he's gone, and then I get to draw two cards, and then I get to discard two cards. So fuck these lands because I don't need them because we have <laughs> limited resources, yeah, motherfuckers. And I still man. get to go. So I am so glad about this. This is a soul ring. When I tap my soul ring, and I can add two colorless mana to my mana pool. So that's just gonna chill for a while there. Oh, loopholes. Um, and then I'm going to, since I can add my colorless mana, um, I'm going to add that plus one and one more to ray of command that motherfucker i untap target creature and opponent controls and gain control of it until end of turn that creature is unaffected by summoning sickness and um tap the target creature if you lose control of it at the end of this turn um i've still till end of turn okay Okay. so i'm gonna ray of command you for one okay i'm gonna first i'm gonna tim you well She's a 2-2, two, two, though, isn't she? Damn it. Yeah, she's a 2-2. Two, I'm going to Tim you directly okay. for one. Okay. So I'm at You're at 20, 20. And I'm going to attack with um, your guy against you. So she's whatever bigness she is, three. So she, I'm attacking you for three. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that three. Okay. So I'm at 17. You're at 17. And okay. I'm done. That goes back to you. In, but stays tapped, right? Well, you get to untap it on your turn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not attacking with that because I'm just going to leave him. Um, but I'm at 15. You're at 17. Okay. And I am done. Okay. I have no cards in my hand. This will be interesting. All right. Let's see what happens here. Yeeps. Okay. 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 So I'm at the... Loopholes, loopholes, loopholes. Yeah, that's a, that's a good good loophole around the limited resources. <clears throat> okay, so what I'm going to do is... What is it? Three plus one white. And do that for... For congregate oh no so you're I, gonna get millions of lives right now no i, I get four for each creature right for, and for my creatures too so, oh so well how two, many creatures do you have two four six eight eight you get eight points which puts me at seven 25 25 17 plus eight is 25 yeah congregate is it's it's the silliest card too and that but that's the whole the entire poet deck is built around that card because once you have a whole poetry reading 
and everyone's just sitting there and, and especially if you're playing in a big game with lots if you're playing in a six person game oh, that's and we're a little bit brutal. and everybody sort of ignores me for a while because I've got like dumb little one one penners and then they're like oh, don't worry about her she's just at a poetry reading and then you break that out and it's like oh now I have a billion life. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up poetry reading because I'd like to read to you from oh, this card. yes, yes. It's from The Song of All, Canto 642. In the gathering there is strength for all who founder, renewal for all who languish, love for all who sing. Oh, love for all who sing. Yeah, Karaoke. <laughs> Karaoke this Friday at Bender's, everyone. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that's 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 gonna do it for me. All righty. Yeah, I'm gonna call it untapping. Oh look, another whip tongue frog. I shall play it. So now I have two guys that can uh, block. Okay. Flying, which is fun. Got it. And oh, you know what? Instead of using those mana, I'd rather use these. I'd rather use my soul ring. And I will tim you directly for one. Which brings me to twenty four. And. I will be done. Okay. I just have a wall of frogs now. You do have a wall of frogs. <laughs> you're, you're at 15? I'm at 15, yeah. And I still I have no... I have four untapped mana, but that's pointless because I have nothing in my hand. Nothing up my sleeve. Nothing okay, in my so hand. I have, I have the limit of mana I can have. I really yes. hope I don't draw more. Okay, good. Okay. Let's see. Here. You know, and that's the thing too is you're the only one right now that can destroy cuz I don't have a disenchant right now, but if you wanted to and you got annoyed with your own limitations, you could always destroy that. Not that I would want you to do that in well, any way. That, that, I'm glad but, you brought that up because I was just considering that. Uh so first of all, I'm I'm going to bring out this artifact which I guess do do artifacts have summoning sickness? Yeah. Mm. Oh, squeeze toy. Yeah, that's a good one. That's just own Tim. It just yeah. So I can just prevent a damage to any creature though. Right, not right, right. And it's prevent as opposed to attack. Yeah. So it's kind of like the opposite of a Tim. Where if I attack, right. if I Tim somebody for one, you can basically untim. That's a really great card to have against a Tim because it just it renders the Tim null. But and I'm you, I'm Timming you directly. Are either of these enchantments here? I'm gonna um, sadistically I'm, is an enchantment. Yes. I'm gonna destroy that. Okay. Uh, but the armored thrall isn't an enchantment. He sacrificed. He, to yeah, be he's there. a sacrifice creature. Okay, got that. Um. And so what what are these guys right now? That's a one three. That's this a, is a one this is a one three that I can make fly because I have the mana. And okay. this is a two six. Two six? No, two five. Two five. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna i I'm gonna uh what do you call it? Call? Chill, stay. stand, whatever. Yeah. And just I shouldn't help you, but you really destroy target. Oh no, target creature enchantment. Not not um, that's a artifact. I thought it was artifact exactly, or enchantment. Yeah. All right, all right. It is so annoying to be blind. <laughs> the, uh, oh, this is fantastic. Okay, um, so I will tap two, and uh, this is a cute little enchantment. Although I know you, we got. I'm gonna have to murder that little bitch. <laughs> um, this is the Hermetic Study. Enchanted creature gains. This creature deals one damage to target creature or player. And the quote is, 
books can be replaced. A prize student cannot be patient. Urza to Baron, because obviously that's like. So I'm gonna put it on my whip tongue frog. Okay. So now he's a he's a one three Tim. He's just a big Tim. Okay. But okay. you can disenchant him. And so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna Tim you. I'm gonna Tim you directly for two. Okay. So I'm at twenty. You were at 24, now you're at 22. 22. Okay. And I'm done. Copy that. All right. Let's see what I wanted to get, I wanted to Tim you one extra time because I know you're going to murder it. Okay, let's see. So, what's going to happen now is I'm going to bring out, you know, I feel like I got to start doing something. Make this interesting. Going to bring out the armored pegasus oh yeah flying uh-huh flying one two two one flying flying one two uh so it would be a two three right um i always charge a little extra to take on a pegasus they fly like eagles kick like mules and hide like hermits <laughs> that was had a little trumpian accent to it that was nice <laughs> Uh, and yeah, summoning sickness and, you know, however I remember that, um, I am going to attack with all my stuffs besides the armored Pegasus, obviously. So you're going to attack with your one, one girl. She's a two, two. Oh, she's a two, two. But you know that this is a. What, is this bigger than five? How big is this again? Uh, three, three, four. A three, four. And my guy is a two, five. So if I, if I block, they bounce. Okay. But I would rather kill that murdering bitch. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to kill your devout harpist and okay. I'm going to take the three. Okay. So I am at 12. 12. Okay. I, I I mean I'd rather take just because I I want to keep my enchantments. Yeah yeah yeah. Although I was hoping. Oh okay here we go. What's this? Um. Uh, it's this is this is kind of fun. So it's just a little one one penner, but I okay. can sacrifice it to add black mana to my pool if I so choose, and I will. I'm just gonna. I'm going to kill that. I'm going to Tim it with both of them. I'm going to Tim it directly for two to kill it. I'm going to. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. that. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) Mistake. Benjamin makes a mistake. That was a, that was a legitimate mistake. I am done. I'm done. Okay. Because I wasted my Tim's. That's okay. I, I like where this is going. Piss. No, I don't. I'm just hoping for anything good out of the pile. I'm like, what did you put in this deck? Okay, so if I if I do that to prevent one damage, does it stay tapped? During no, no, no. You untap during your you turn. Un- so you always yeah. untap. Okay, got it, got it. But its ability is instant, so you can use it whenever you want. <sighs> Look, we've put Zach to sleep. We're so boring with our magic game. He's having a good time. Jeez. <laughs> um, you know, all I can do here is I'm just going to attack with both of these guys. Well, I'm going to block with my flying whip and frog, and I paid the mana, and that dies. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I will take your three again. So I'm at 
Nine. Nine. Jeez, I'm at nine. Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Um, this is a... I like this card. So the, this card I put in because my ex-husband was black and he kind of <laughs> looked like this guy. <laughs> this is the disruptive student. This is... Um, it's a summon wizard. It's just a one-one, but let's put the. Oh, what are you saying, Pam? The disruptive student is always going to be black. Well, no, it just happens to be in this picture. <laughs> and my ex-husband was black. It's just funny. Counter target spell unless it's caster pays an additional one mana. Play this ability as an interrupt. So if you cast anything, let's say you cast a creature, I can be like, why don't you pay another mana for that? Oh, okay. okay. So I can do that. So he's a little one-one. He's kind of just a dick bag. He's just, <laughs> okay. kind of, he's just there to fuck with you. He's just disruptive. Yeah, he's just disruptive. And then I'll tim you directly for two. So that would put me at 20? 20. Yeah, and I'm at twelve. I'm at nine. You're murdering me. This, I mean, this deck is really made to just like build up your life. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much its whole life pool game yeah okay okay i'm done hmm you're gonna kill me i can feel I, it I, okay so i don't I know what this it. means uh i'm gonna play it anyways and then i'm gonna let you explain it to me sure okay so i'm tapping two and putting in because this is all i can do right now uh really is sacrifice buyback oh oh sacrifice yeah land. okay so um buyback is you can put it back in your hand okay so but this is a token army right this is your pegasus yeah 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 so here let me so that's it's a, it's on a one reader. one with flying okay so if you want to buy it back you can sacrifice the land okay and then you put it back in your hand and you can play it again you sacrifice the land in addition to other any other costs when you play this spell if you do you put your pegasus stampede into your hand instead of your graveyard as part of the spell's effect so you put you pay two and you're putting a one one token into play so you can okay, take so this out of your graveyard okay. but if you sacrifice the land it goes back into your hand and you can use it again but that's the thing is so that you have an you you haven't you have a one one right now so this is a one that's a one one we're, we're calling this a one that's one a one flying. one flying okay yeah. And if you buy, if you kill this, if you... If I sacrifice a land... If you sacrifice a land... I can th bring you can, that back you into can, my hand. Yeah, and then you can play it on your next turn. And then you'd have another 1-1 one, one flying that only cost you two. But because you have limited resources in play, it's harder for you to sacrifice lands right. unless you have lands in your hand. Then not, by I'm all means... Well, then I would say <laughs> if you have lands in your hand... So can I sacrifice a land now and bring that back into that's my what hand? You or have do I have to, to do. wait till the next no, turn? No, no, no. That's what you have to do it now. Okay. So if you want to do that, you have to... So and, okay. in, in fact, use that land as your, as your token. Okay. That makes more sense. So now you, that goes back into your hand. Okay. And now you can, that's why it's the stampede is you can put down as, as many lands as you have to sacrifice, which is another reason why limited resources is in play. In, I in mean, can tank. I do that again in this turn? No. No, that's, that would be ridiculous. Because you only have one opportunity to cast. S to cast sorceries. Right. Got it. Okay. So two, two flying. Uh, and and since you cast that spell, I'm just going to make you pay an extra mana just for fun. Okay. Just why not? Why not? Okay. <laughs> so I got I got three two first strike. What is first strike again? It what does means that, mean? that your damage gets to me before my damage gets to you. But oh, because okay. he's a five, um, is, it doesn't. doesn't really it's matter. a wash. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, and I'm I'm good on this turn. Okay. Untapping everyone and everything. I have so much mana. Uh, I just drew a mana, so nothing happens there. Um, I am going to. God, I want to destroy that little motherfucker. Oh, he's, and he, but he's a he's an artifact. He's not a yeah, ooh. not a not a person. Oh. Okay. I will tim you directly for two. Just because I don't want to do him because you'll do that again. Yeah, uh, so, I'll, I'll, I'll take the two, so that puts me at 18. You're at 18. Okay. All righty. I'll take that. I'm, I'm done. Okay, okay. Let's, let's see what happens next. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. You have, and it's, you have cards in your hand, which is exciting. I have no cards in my hand. Okay, so I'm going to put out planes. There you go. And I'm going to do the... The stampede, stampede again. Stampede again. And you're going to buy it back again. And Good I'm for you. And I'm going to buy it back again. So I now have... Here comes the flying army. Yeah. You have... Now you have one two two that's chilling, and he's fine. And yeah, got, yeah. And, and you've won summoning summon sickness, and then you've got... Yeah. Uh, three, but you have two. Big, big flying army. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to sit on that. I'm gonna really? Okay. Yeah, I'm going right. to sit on that. Sweet. Smart move because I could have, you know. Well, it depends. It depends what you're, what you have in your hand. Ooh! another mana. So I'm going to. I need to get rid of that squeeze toy, man, because it is. Because with my two Tims, I should be able to Tim you to death, but I can't. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna Tim you for two directly. I'm gonna block one of your Tims. You can't. I can't. No, because that's to any creature. Oh, that's. Right. So I'm doing it to you directly. Okay, so that puts me at. I'm at nine. You're at sixteen. Sixteen. Oh boy. Got it. Oh boy. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Are we good? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay, done. Okay, I'm done. Okay. So. I know the, um, a listening audience. Are you Are you enthralled with our magic game? It's just so intriguing. Okay. So I'm gonna put out a planes again, and again I'm gonna do. You're gonna do this again. Do oh my god. The Pegasus Army again. Well, I'm gonna make you pay an extra mana just okay, just for fun. That's fine. Just that's for fine. funsies. And uh I'm gonna, for you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call it good. You are amassing a Pegasus stampede on my ass. Look, I'm trying to draw this out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. We got um, oh, I've had this one before. Sadistic glee. Whenever any creature is put into a graveyard from play, put a one-one counter token on that creature. I will put it on. Um, I'll put it on my whip tongue frog again because I'm trying to make him bigger. He doesn't have okay. any special abilities. Okay. And then I'll I'll t I'll team you for two again. Okay. So that puts me at fourteen. Put you at fourteen. I'm still at nine, and I am done. Okay. You are just gonna fly in, and I can only block one of them, and I'm gonna have to take all the rest of the damage, and you're just gonna kill me all at once. Maybe. You're getting close, cause I'm only at nine. Okay. And you can do the math. <clears throat> I mean, you can kill me in two turns if you want. So, <clears throat> again, gonna do the gonna do the stampede. And you're gonna pay. Wow. You're sacrificing again. So, listening audience, he's playing right now with three. I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to disrupt students so that you have no mana left mana left okay. to play with. 
Got it. Okay. To untap. But now he has four flying tutus. If I, it's so funny because I'm playing a blue deck and I should have been able to disenchant you long ago with these, <laughs> with this whole plus two, plus one on all your white yeah, creatures. Yeah. But, um, that kind of changes it. It does. And I'm good. I'm oh my gosh. You're just, you just want to murder me all at once. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Make it dramatic. I got gotcha. you. I, I like to build it up. Um, here we go. Something, something, something's here. Oh, this is a funny, this is a silly one. Um, this is called common courtesy and it's, it's funny that it came out this late in the game. Um, because I have to pay two blue for it. All right. So this is, um, counter any spell unless it's caster asks your permission to play that spell. <laughs> if you refuse permission, sacrifice common courtesy and counter the spell. So, so, if so I, if you don't I have to ask you if I want to, if I, yeah, can like mother may I basically we're playing okay. a game of mother may I. So if you ask, you have to ask to play a spell and if you forget, <clears throat> then I say, well, or so if you forget, you don't get to play that spell. If you ask and I say no, then I, then I just, this goes away. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then I'll, I'll Tim you for. I'll tim you for two directly. So am I at 14 or 12? You're at 12. 12. That's so funny because all I, the only damage I've hit you with is tim damage. Yeah. I've only timmed you. Okay. It's a tim deck. So. Oh my God. Are, are we, are I'm we done. Good? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm so good. I'm going to draw a card because that's how we start things. Hmm. Yeah, untap your land too. Oh yeah, yeah. Untap my lands. And then add land if you want to add land. Uh, let's see. Um. Are you perhaps out of land? I am out of land. Ah! Uh, you mana holes yourself. Although you have a huge, uh, you have amassed an uh, army of pegasi. I'm going to tap to to bring out my Sam. Am I right? Samite healer. No, you're not, because you didn't ask permission. <laughs> so it just goes in the graveyard. I had to ask for that? You have to ask it summon any spell. If you're casting oh. any spell, you have to ask me first if you're casting a spell. <laughs> well played, Pam. Yeah. I'm going to attack with everything else. Oh, okay. All right, so... I'm going to sacrifice this and not take it. Scree! Goodbye, blood pet! Um, but because the blood pet went into a, uh, into a thingy-mabobber, he gets a plus one. So I'm going to make my whip tongue frog fly, and he's just, he smashes one of them. One of them's super okay. dead. But then I have to take the other six, so I'm at three. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> I have like one turn left to be able to do anything. Uh, let's see. Well, this is great. This is perfect timing for this. Um, I'll play two black. Um, you have nausea. So all of your, <laughs> no all your creatures get minus one, minus one till the end of turn. Okay. And then I'm going to... Tim, two of these little bitches... Nope. I'm going to... They all lose one, but you can protect one of them. Mm -hmm. They're all 2-2. Two, two. Right. 
Um, well, I'm gonna attack. I'm gonna attack with this guy because okay. you have nothing to block with, so you have to take it. So one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Yeah, so I'm attacking you for four. Okay, so I'm at eight. And then I'll, <clears throat> since you all your creatures have minus one, minus one, I'll. I will. This guy's bigger, so this is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna attack with this guy. Okay. He is a. Uh, oh no no no! Because that's my Timmy. I want a Tim. Tim with him, but I'm going to. I'll attack with this little one one, and I'll. Tim, each of them, for one. So you can save. I can save. You can save one of them. One of so I'm going to save one of these guys. And then you can also, if you don't want to, if you don't want to block him, he can get a damage through if you want. If you want to keep your guy. Okay, so I will take the damage, putting me at seven. Yeah. Uh, right, because you were at yeah, and then yes. So I lose one of these guys. Well, I you saved one. Mm-hmm. Saved one. Took the other damage. Took the other damage, and one of them dies. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right, I'm at three, you're at seven. And I'm nauseous. And I'm going to die. Nausea goes away. Okay, well, are, are you happy with yourself? I'm, you, I'm, yeah, I'm done. Are I'm, you proud? I'm, I, did, like, I did what I could. Like what you did there? Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> like what you did there. <laughs> just, I'm just grasping at straws at the end of the game. I'm like, ah. oh, this guy's dead too because you, or no, he's not dead because you took the damage. I took the damage. Okay, so here. But he can't use his special ability to make you pay one more, so. Here's what's going to happen. It's good because we timed it out perfectly. The game's almost over and so is our time. Oh, awesome. I, these go so quick. You know? know. It really makes the time fly. Okay, so. Uh, I'm going to, what am I going to do? I'm going to put out this. Oh, there you go. Tap it again. Throw out another Pegasus Stampede. Except you didn't ask permission, so now it's gone. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Pam. <laughs> Pam, can I play an enchantment? Yeah, sure you can play an okay. enchantment. So I'm going to play an enchantment <laughs> uh, and... This says I discard a card uh-huh. and I gain three life. So, Great. Oh, uh, shit. So now I'm at 10. So now you're at 10. Okay. And then. Uh, I have I, nothing to defend with. You I can just. You I'm, I'm dead. Yay! <laughs> Travis, that was a really good game. Yeah, well, you gave me the good deck this time. Well, no, they're both really good decks. It just depends on. It honestly depends on on the draw. I mean, oh, yeah, and this and this sure. deck is so weird because it's also like personal and weird and dumb. So the other funny cards in there are like, um, psychic venom, obviously, because my, <laughs> of course, and sick and tired, because I'm sick and tired of everything of hers. And uh, there's what other funny cards in here? Uh, they are the manta ray, because their last name was Ray. Callous dismissal now. Okay, so there's cunning. The, this is your this is your poet deck, right? Yeah. So the, there's a tragic poet in here that has a great quote. I would weep, but my tears have been stolen. 
I would shout, but my voice has been taken. <laughs> Thus I write. <laughs> Tragic poet. Oh, God. Well, this has been a super, super fun time. Magic with Travis. And it, and it worked out well Thanks, because ma'am. the lady who I talked to early about religion on Some Call Me Tim is a witch. And so she <laughs> practices magic, like literal magic. So this was fun. Uh, this has been Some Call Me Tim. I'm so glad I got to play my Tim because uh, it's that's where all of that comes from. Is from So much of my life has been like influenced by Magic the Gathering. It's really silly. And Monty Python. But uh, this has been Some Call Me Tim. Thanks, Shannon Hunt, for being around. And uh, next week is Jarrett somebody. Okay, bye. On a raft without a patter. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for is <laughs> in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby.
like the last stick. So, so if you're in your car and you're listening to one radio station, you need a radio station? You're hearing all, all the others. They are, they are tweeting in on all frequencies and you keep them. So just listen to, to one specific six. Saturday, Saturday in the tube? Sound quality, quality, good, and you understand, understand things that's playing, playing. However, however, if your radio, radio is not fine, too, too, you might, might two or two or three or more stage stations at the same time.